Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, have you heard the Virginia Lottery has a new Willy Wonka golden ticket scratcher that has a top prize of $100,000? Tell that to my automated golden ticket scratcher apparatus. You simply put the ticket in here and the machine scratches it for you. And while we wait, we can play the Willy Wonka Golden Ticket online game with a top prize of $1 million. Just visit VALottery.com or use the lottery app. That's one impressive scratcher apparatus. Use it whenever. What's mine is yours. But hands off the scratcher. That Willy Wonka Golden Ticket is all mine. Last time on Wizard and the Bruiser. Oh my God, she's a man. (laughs) What do you mean the formula is actually a poison? It's taking over my mind. And soon, soon it will take over the city as well. I'm not just proud to call you my son. I'm proud to call you my daughter. Linda, I can't find my dick or my balls. <laughs> I swear to God, man, I will kill every puppy in this nursery if I don't get the fucking codes. I tell you what, Mr. Scenario, we've never been in this room before. Lightning crash. <laughs> Damn, that was a crazy episode, I cannot, Jake. I mean, honestly, like, a lot happened in the canon. We really moved the story forward. It was like we started talking about GTA and the legacy and, and how it originally started, you know, in England. And then all of a sudden, these crazy plot twists happened. What was with the monster? We're the Steven Universe of podcasting. We'll just ease you along in some pleasant comedy. And then all of a sudden, kablamo, story dump. Unbelievable. The lightning crash noises, everything. It was unreal. We- we definitely didn't cover the story of a bunch of cheeky British people <laughs> and how they made a fuck ton of money making games about crimes. Controversy, yes. Hello. <laughs> we are here. I am the wizard, Holden McNeely. And I am the bruiser, Jake Young. With us is always super producer, Marcus Parks. Hey. <laughs> yeah, Classic. good tagline. Good tagline. And we are here with the part two of uh, our series on GTA. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a real hum dinger, Jake. Now, we left off on GTA San Andreas, which was a uh, just a landmark kind of milestone in gaming. It's uh, the number one best-selling PlayStation 2 game of all time. Oh, which, shit. considering that the PlayStation 2 itself is the most popular vi- uh, video game console of all time, I think. It's up there. It's super. Oh, up there. man. I remember when it was, when when the first time it was in a magazine, I was out front of a Quiznos that my buddy <laughs> Ben Epps worked at. And we. we spread- Odd enough, Ben and Quiznos, both dead now. Right? <laughs> so tragic. And we spread open the magazine. I remember we all literally went, wow. <laughs> and I remember thinking, because I was really into Stanley Kubrick at the time, still am, but you know. Uh, uh, that it was like the black monolith mm-hmm. of knowledge. Finally, a console that works lying on its side and vertically. Yes, finally, my dream. Turn that logo, just go, and now it's like cool. I used to put my N64 on its side because I was the ultimate hipster back then. <laughs> 
but yeah, yeah, it really was an important system. And yes, that game sold over 27.5 million copies worldwide. And you know why? Because it introduced bicycles and jetpacks. Oh yeah, there was bi- they added a lot of neat things CJ. in San Andreas. They added uh they added uh, you know, basketball and you could play pool. Um, you could uh, gamble. Your character could get into debt, and like the a level of character customization. You could date. You could go eat. You could get fat. You could get muscular. You could get skinny. You could modify your car, and uh, and uh, and if you were if you were if you were real curious, if you went poking around in Ooh. the game's code, Ooh. you discovered a fun little secret. You could fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could have filthy, dirty, nasty sex. And it's kind of funny. It was like for for the Housers, it, the the whole motivation was like we've conquered violence. We we've done it. <laughs> Which is, by the way, the most Hauser brother like yeah. statement. It's like we con- we did it. We did the violence. Actually, we always have to change it. We did it. We conquered violence. I love it. strippers and cocaine and the United States of America. Oi 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 football. <laughs> Football. Uh, no one gets vacation. Keep working. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hilariously enough, a side note, you know, they got real ass gangsters in a lot of ways and like different kind of actors out in L.A. to portray the voices in uh, Grand Theft Auto. And I remember there's one point in Jacked when he paints a scenario where the gangster's like, like this thug dude's like lights a blunt in the <laughs> studio. He looks down and the line of dialogue is, what is this rubbish? <laughs> and he was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and so there was a lot of like really funny kind of trans- Translation issues that Rockstar's kind of always dealt with, but especially here when it's kind of trying to emulate dialogue in the black community in Compton. Like that's part of the surreality of these games is that it's these these uh, guys from London's vision of what America is brought to life by a team in Scotland. Yeah, exactly. It's like an outback steakhouse in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> the thing we're going to be talking about is the hot coffee mod. Which uh, really wasn't a mod. That's the thing that people get confused about. And uh, this is one of the great... I remember this roiling in the background when I was like a teenager and I just like... Or in college, whatever. Time is flat circle. Um, And I remember this was a big deal, but like I just didn't care. I just didn't follow the news. So like... Right. And and nobody really understood how games were made. So there's a lot of disinformation about this. It's a complex issue for people who know nothing about games not so much if you do know a decent amount about especially pc gaming and you have to understand a little bit of the history of the gta franchise rockstar and the modding community it was tight yeah it was tight you know and 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 you even got that sense in the in the in the past because gta 2 one of their marketing things that they did which i don't think we talked about they wrote on the uh package uh steal this game <laughs> and it really pissed retailers <laughs> off like really bad so they had to actually like pull games from stores and pull, smack a sticker on it and put it back out is it really like caused a frenzy but they were into that in in actual practice they liked the modding community where where others would shun modders and try to keep them from modding their game. They embrace the community with open arms. We talked about this on the Valve episode, Mm -hmm. that by making modding easier, you actually encourage more people to buy the games because at no cost, you kind of unleash all this content and extra value to your game. 
because in a pre-internet like uh, easy download you know pre-high-speed internet day you still need to get a fucking copy of the game in order to play all these mods so i remember even as a kid i would play gta 3 and i would go into the texture files and make my own custom skins for uh for claude the the beloved mute. <laughs> now I would make my own skins in my basement, but it was a different situation where I was harvesting bodies from and stealing their skin. Yes, from different drifters. So, but uh, here's the thing, though: hot, the uh, hot coffee mod is barely a mod because yeah. the Hauser brothers, you, like we said, they conquered violence, and there is a lot of uh, documentation, especially in all the resulting lawsuits and hearings. That ended up coming out. There's a lot of internal emails and documentation where Sam Hauser was like, I want fucking in this game. We need sex in this game. It's the final frontier. We've got the violence. Now we need this hot sex. Games are a mature medium that also make me rich. And also, I hate Jack Thompson. Whatever, whether it's for art or spite, he wanted sex in this game. And and well, another thing you have to realize, Jake, which just kind of popped in my head, is they immediately went into production for San Andreas the second they stopped production for Vice City. I mean, this is a game company that never stops. And I think that that has a lot of influence, too. It's like, what do we do next? What do we do next? We did it. We did everything. We did this. We did that. We, we can't just add jetpacks and bicycles and create a, <laughs> a, a space of land that's larger than, like, all our previous games combined. We need something else uh, besides a black protagonist. What can we have? Let's do um, 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 fucking spanking minigame, yeah. which is a thing that was in the game. <laughs> there was a spanking minigame. Of course, CJ, as we would soon find out um, from the modding community, there was a uh, a sex situation mini game that come came from dating. I remember too in the original release, you dated, dated, dated so that you could get invited in. And I remember actually being like straight up bummed out that mm. it just cut to like outside of the house and you just heard moaning noises. Now you could go on date, and uh, the dating mini game had benefits. A lot of people point out that if you were if you seduced a nurse, yes, uh, you could get into the hospital. You if you got wasted, you would leave the hospital with all your guns intact. If you seduced a car, it would follow you around and come you can call it uh, honk, 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 I love you the Epona I'm a car honk, honk. <laughs> you had to jump it over the fence and then the farmers would be last night was magical I really felt something honk honk <laughs> Uh, Which is, of course, where the Pixar franchise Cars came from, was actually that minigame. Now, it is patent, it's patently ludicrous how the world sees sex in media as opposed to violence. Look, Every, and looking back on this, it's, it's even more ludicrous looking than, than it is now. But, like, uh, in, like, well, a big part of that is in Europe, you can, you can still show nudity and stuff. Like, uh, I think the rule is you can have, like, just full frontal male nudity as long as there's no boners. Back in high school, I'm going to say this is year 1999, 2000 maybe, probably year 2000. I remember uh, we took a class trip to London, which was crazy, by the way. I don't know how this ended up happening. And I remember we were all put in different hotel rooms, no supervisor. I turned the TV on and just titties. bush for days. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Titties and bush. And we didn't leave the hotel room. All of London was outside our hotel room, and we couldn't leave. There was just free breasts. The tower. Why did no one show up to the Tower of London tour? <laughs> and everybody had to use the restroom every like fifteen minutes. It was very uncomfortable, and the stink of that room. Oh my god! I'll never forget the ammonia-like stench of England. <laughs> 
So, yeah, I mean, it's really kind of silly how blown over. And if you do go and watch these sex scenes, which I highly, highly suggest, and we will kind of talk through them in a second, uh, uh, they, they are so low-key. But let's uh, first tell the story of how this ended up happening. A 38-year-old modder in the Netherlands, they're always from the Netherlands, mm-hmm. named Patrick Wildenborg mm-hmm. releases, uh, he, he puts a, a, a patch out. He's like a, a, you know, he's in the modding community. He finds this content he finds out how to release this content well, this is the crazy part is so because the modding community was so uh, vibrant for GTA and because GTA itself kind of positioned itself in opposition to Jack Thompson as like the official game of gamers um, the community knew that something was up from day one it was it was like beyond the PC modding community uh, people would like dump through the code and they they didn't know what it was but they knew that something had been blocked off right that there was just this mystery box in their favorite game now of course what happened was they put all the, these sex scenes and these mini games into the game and then at the kind of the last minute to Dan Hauser's great chagrin he was very upset about this they came back and said no you gotta take these scenes out he was incredibly pissed off which I think influenced some of this decision whereas the other decision is you know a game is like a car should I say a car we've been using cars a lot if you remove one part it's gonna like offset everything else Mm -hmm. you know I mean you'd have to like totally rejigger the whole thing right there's so animation files from hot coffee that are used in other parts of the game and on such short notice to kind of rebuild that library would have taken way more effort than than uh, than it should have. Whereas you can just block the content out in the game files, um, you know, not assuming that someone could pull it out uh, and uh, release the game. So that's what they did. They blocked these scenes and they put out the game. There's some internal stuff at Rockstar. This is from the movie, from the movie, from the book uh, Jacked that we're getting a lot of this information from by David Kushner. Where uh, it turns out that. A part of the compromise was there was there was internal plans at Rockstar to release a PC patch later. Yes, that would unlock that content. Yes, so like they it was it was blocked off. They knew they couldn't release the game as is, but they were planning as kind of a final fuck you to the censors that like, hey man, if we sell the game, it's rated uh, MA. If you download a patch to make it adults only, like that's not our fault. Yeah. And that was it. So it was like a mixture. Definitely not a surefire, like, straight-up fuck-up. There was definitely a little bit of deviousness going on there. Well, so people were picking apart the console release, and we're like, ooh, there's like a weird animation of like a thrust of some kind. I can't tell if it's CJ. Or like, ooh, here's like a, a texture file for like some skimpy panties. Like, people were like struggling to piece this together. Those pixels look like balls. <laughs> <laughs> and they, yeah, they, you know, they started to kind of figure it out, and then this guy, Patrick... Uh, uh, Wildenborg finally uh, f- get, figures out a way to uh, p- essentially patch in these missing scenes, and he puts it out as a mod called Hot Coffee in based uh, on June his, of 2005. Based on his own love of the beverage, and yes. the, of course, why don't you come in for a cup of coffee? For a cup of coffee, because in the very end of the date, you know you've finally succeeded in the dating minigame when she invites you in for a cup of coffee. Now, let's talk about these sex scenes, because they're really funny. I mean, <laughs> there are dumb. fully clothed <laughs> in a lot of them, and you have to hit up and down in order to, like, to the rhythm to have sex. To, to fill the meter. <laughs> it's incredibly stiff-looking. It starts with, there is a BJ, 
way. She she gets down. Again, you never see a penis. Mm-hmm. You never see a vagina or boobs or anything. You know? No boobs. <laughs> and uh yeah, there's it's like just really boring like missionary after after the uh the oral sex. And uh, it's so funny too cuz I I feel like this is one of those uh, British kind of silly translations. When when she invites you in for coffee, it says in in uh, the text at the bottom of the screen, it says, "This is it. She's inviting you in for coffee. Gird your loins for love," <laughs> which is the dumbest. It's that's that's. I've talked about this. I talked about it last week, but it's the the twin like things of like rock star kind of holding aloft their themselves as these like protectors of mature content for discerning adults and the actual mature content they produce, it's, especially in these early days. Oh my god, it's so dumb. So good. Goofy and and uh, I saw I was watching um, I watched quite a bit of these fun scenes earlier and uh, one of the funniest lines that CJ said was I never understood the phrase meaningless sex <laughs> I was like what okay. it's so bizarre it's just that's like a that's a GTA like uh, uh, mainstay is like the characters just blurting out uncharacteristic or like off context dialogue in the middle uh-huh. of an action scene yeah it's oh my god it's completely completely strange and. So um, it causes a whole ruckus because what you have to understand is this doesn't this sort of thing didn't happen much back in the day, especially with um, uh, delicious intercourse. Mm-hmm. And the the what really freaked everybody out, especially like parents and stuff, is you know they made such a big deal about putting ratings on games and sort of keeping this content a certain way for the public. Um, and the idea that some filthy, lewd sex thing could be hidden on your child's game disc um, and and you wouldn't know about it and they skirted around the sensors and they're trying to feed your children pornography because as if it's kind of like when you hear about people lacing drugs or lacing like Halloween candy it's like why would people waste their drugs <laughs> on this Halloween candy like who's getting off on that like well it was people like Jack Thompson and culture warriors in general that would use the phrase murder simulator and basically had no traction because everyone from action movies all the way to like spy thriller novels were just okay with people getting shot. Of course we are talking about Jack Thompson. Jack the Ripper Thompson. Jack the Ripper Thompson if you're uh, only listening to part two because you're some crazy asshole who doesn't live by the fucking rules. (laughs) I acknowledge how awesome you are by the way for doing that. Uh, Jack Thompson is uh, is a lawyer out of Florida that was uh, trying to keep video games out, uh, violent video games out of the hands of minors. He was a giant Thorn and Rockstar's ass will continue to be, as we'll see in this episode, and um, is really just kind of an insane nutbag guy. Um, and we'll hear more on him as we go. But yeah, he flipped the fuck out, and so did a lot of people. So did one Hillary Clinton, uh, really, really freaked out um, about it's, this whole he, thing, started her own war against video games. Uh, there was uh, a law was introduced in California whose name I can't quite remember, something dumb like H277 or whatever, uh, introduced by Leland Yee and advocated by then-Governor uh, Schwarzenegger. New York uh, 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 prosecutor uh, Elliot Spitzer also also went after the game, which uh, hurt the Rockstar crew because this was supposed to be, you know, New York City, their own their own home turf. Uh, this is San Andreas, actually, so it's L.A. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or no, but that Spitzer was the New York Attorney General. Oh. Um, oh, home Or not turf. Attorney General, Prosecutor, whatever. He was I'm an idiot. Game. Rockstar Games is based in New York. I'm just um, thinking ahead to the next game. In California, Leland Yee was a California State uh, uh, guy, 
congressperson. I I studied, I swear. <laughs> I don't know politics. The point is, each I hate one, like, all of these people, uh, Leland Yee was cut, like, uh, hiding money from, like, Laotian rebels or some shit. He was, like, involved in some spooky black ops bullshit. Uh, Elliot Spitzer, who is uh, against sex and video games. Whoopsie doodles. Loves whores. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger fucked everything that well, moved. We don't need to talk about the maid. And Hillary Clinton didn't campaign in Michigan. Whatever. It's fine. I'm fine. <laughs> and uh, so Rockstar makes a giant gaffe by releasing a statement that this was all the work of hackers and they uh, the content was fully the modders, that they didn't create this content. That's really where they completely fucked up. Because um, that was their best way out of like, oh, you, you can't blame us for, for a simple mod. Yeah, and it was sort of more, from what I remember, it was kind of more one of those things where, and Rockstar's had an issue with this kind of for a long time, but the, the PR department kind of running away from the rest of the company and just sort of issuing a statement like that. Yeah. And, um, you know, and then, and then the rest of the company being like, you really should not have done that. Yeah. You know, that was really stupid because we created that content. Um, so they just looked even worse the moment that they found that that content was also on console games. That totally proved their lie. Mm-hmm. They, the, uh, they, and they found hacking tools on the PlayStation 2 and the Xbox that would release the content on consoles. And you, that all you had is to when- do was alter a save file on a custom save card. And to unlock that content, you would only need to change one bit on the save file. Like, that stuff was there. Yeah, and that is when the country really flipped out, and that was when Blood Rockstar, was in the water. Blood was in the water, and Rockstar had to recall the games. They had to change it to an AO or um, adult-oriented uh, rating. It, it was, was the ESRB, which, you know, we all know, rated T for teen. Like, yeah. we, all, we all know those little black and white boxes. This was basically the only time that uh, that system, which was put in place after, like, the whole Mortal Kombat fiasco— you know, it was the entire games industry's bulwark against getting shut down by the government at any time for any bullshit, uh, you know, purpose. Uh, they had to put their foot down and prove that they were in charge, that the industry could r- regulate itself. Absolutely. And, I mean, man, it was it was a total shitstorm. We've got uh, the city of Los Angeles filed a lawsuit against Take-Two Interactive. Uh, Take-Two and the FTC had to settle uh, out of court on uh, in 2006. Um, they were required to clearly and prominently disclose on product packaging and in any promotion for av- or advertisement for electronic games content relevant to the rating, unless that content had been disclosed sufficiently in prior submissions to the rating authority. Now, that's a lot of words, and I'm, I hate words. If you ask me, if you knock on my door and you say, Holden, wake up, get up, and you go around the back and you knock on the window, and then you open the window up and you see I'm playing with a bunch of human skin, leave me alone. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm doing something. Holden, right? uh, me and my friends have been, to- you know, we're your friends, we've been talking, and like, just lay off the skin for a while. Right. You've mentioned that. Um <laughs> But it's hard in practice, you know? <laughs> it's like uh, quitting smoking or killing people. <laughs> so, yeah, so U- U.S. Senator Hillary Rodham Clinton suggested that new regulations be put on it with Joe Lieberman and Evan Bay. Those are a couple people. I remember Lieberman, the Liebs. I don't know who Evan Lieberman Bay had is. a hard-on against video games since they, time immemorial. They introduced the Family Entertainment Protection Act. 
Uh, and that called for a federal mandate enforcement of the ESRB rating system in order to protect children from inappropriate content. The children. <laughs> the children. What if the children look at two weird square people slightly grinding against Just each like other? rubbing. It doesn't even look like sex. Again, if you're listening to this right now and you're close to some sort of way to watch a video, like, I don't know, the smartphone you're listening to this off of, look up these uh, hot coffee on uh, YouTube. They got plenty of videos of it. It is so dumb looking. And it is so so funny to think that this caused a nationwide shitstorm. I mean, this was on news, primetime news. Mm. I remember everybody was hearing about this. And at the same time, it's just, you know, you don't trust what you don't understand. And first of all, it's like, and, and again, and this has always also been Rockstar's M.O., people freaking the fuck out about something that they haven't actually experienced, <laughs> you know? Because the thing with, like, and I think the Housers have even talked about this in the past few I, we Don't lecture me about what's in those virtual games. I know that GTA is about going from hooker to hooker with a chainsaw, <laughs> screaming, I am the law, hookers must die, women are bad. There's a mini game where you can suck your own dick. <laughs> so... I hear there's an entire level where you just have to kill WAPs, and the whole time you just yell, Italians aren't human. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, unlike a movie or, you know, a piece of music that anybody can kind of access easily, games, you have to kind of know how to play games in order to, like, experience the content and and play the actual game. So that really separates things so that you can have a lot more of a scary witch hunt, kind of like we saw with D&D, because Mm -hmm. it's not like these people are actually actually sitting down and playing Dungeons and Dragons or like reading the monster manual or anything. They, you know, because they couldn't experience it themselves, like a really good horror movie, the monster's way scarier when you cannot see it. Well, these controversies are way more freaky when you don't actually experience the content. Mm -hmm. And so that was definitely the case here. Uh, a hundredfold, you know, and, and and in a way, it ended up being a good thing. Some of these regulations are very good. The Family Protection Act is, is not a bad thing. I honestly don't a, believe a 12-year-old can just buy Grand Theft Auto on their own. That's true. Like, if Just respect the ratings. Like, yeah. Yeah. Be a good, you know, and this is always the argument from Marilyn Manson to Rockstar Games. Just be the, a good parent and regulate what your kids are listening to and watching and playing. It's not our job, you know. Mm-hmm. We're here making these games, and that's that's what we're going to do. And if we want a guy fully clothed to dry hump a woman fully clothed with an excitement meter next to it, then I should goddamn be allowed to push up and down on a controller until he leaves very happily. And that's all that happens. It's so much dirtier in the later games, mm -hmm. what they put in, which makes me so happy. Like, there's so much filthier content when it comes to sex in 4 and 5, which we're getting to. I think. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, This controversy took its toll on Rockstar, which was already a very rock and roll, hard living place to, to work. Um, they had released other games that were uh, not as successful as Grand Theft Auto, the Manhunt series, the Midnight Drivers Club. I think I butchered that name. But uh, all like a lot of the original original Rockstar games that weren't Grand Theft Auto, which, by, which you know, they bought from uh, DMA Design when they turned them into Rockstar North. Uh, wasn't really going well. And so people were kind of, uh, and all these stories were coming out about these long hours and abusive conditions and hazings and at at satellite studios, people were either quitting, there were suicides within the company. Like, the pressure was on. All the focus was on this company and they were working themselves to the edge. 
And so it seemed like the final curtain was over. Like it's it's there. This was a crisis point. The hot coffee mod, despite its incredible dumbness as a controversy, really was as a close to a break a breaking point for the company. Absolutely, and they had to pull the game off shelves. They had to uh, release a patch called Cold Coffee. <laughs> that uh, cut the, the material out of the game or blocked the material, or if you tried to access the material, it would make your game crash. They re-released the games and put them on shelves. Sam Hauser, at the height of the controversy, had to submit to a nine-hour hearing at the FTC. Nine oh. hours. Oh. Yeah, it's as, it's as bad as it got for Rockstar yeah. um, and as good as it got for the censors. And after that, really, we saw kind of a great change. And um, with that change... Uh, I think one of the things that kind of marked it for me, which I love that this happened, on March 14, 2007, Take-Two files a lawsuit seeking to permanently enjoin Thompson from filing any public nuisance action against the company <laughs> that would block the sales of, to minors of the unreleased video games Grand Theft Auto 4 and Manhunt 2, which uh, it, it, it essentially alleged that lawsuits violated the company's First Amendment rights. Because what you got to understand is this is what Jack Thompson does. He goes around to video game makers and musicians and things like that and just files lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit. It's total harassment. He's a complete Which is dickhead. illegal. It's, I think it's called, like, vexing or yeah, something. It's, 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 it's not allowed. You it's, can't just file bullshit lawsuits knowing that you'll lose just to, like, fuck with people. It's insane bullshit nonsense. And, uh, you know, once they filed that, Thompson responded. I've watched some interviews with them, so now I can imitate him. I have been praying, literally, that take two and it's lawyer. I wish that he didn't sound like this, but he totally sounds like, sound like that. And it's lawyers would do something so stupid, so arrogant, so dumb, even dumber than what they have to date done that such a misstep would enable me to destroy take two. I'm horny. <laughs> Imagine the stern attitude of a vice principal combined with the weakness and impotency of a substitute teacher, and you have yourself the perfect enemy of teen boys. <laughs> if you're a dickhead dude about the law, the law will bite back. They settled the suit. Thompson agreed to the terms. He was still a complete fucking asshole about it, though. He wrote a letter um, to uh, the president of Take-Two Interactive's Take mom. Addressed to the president's mom saying, um, saying that it, that it essentially had blood in his hands. Um, uh, it was what, uh, accusing him of doing everything he possibly can to sell as many copies of GTA 4 to teen boys in the United States, a country in which your son claims you raised him to be a Boy Scout. More like Hitler Youth, I would say. Whoa. Yeah, dude, this guy is a complete asshole. But the, the good news is, in 2007, the Florida Bar files disbarment proceedings against Thompson over allegations of professional misconduct. And all he had to do to avoid that ruling of disbarment is not be a taint about it. Yeah. And turns out he was a giant taint about it. Yeah. He was a complete asshole about it, and it caused his disbarment. Yep. Uh, There's and, a footage yeah. of him that, like, a destructoid editor snuck into the hearing and, like, has <laughs> shaky, like, flip cam quality footage. Uh, I gotta Got, see that. It's, it's, he's just such a tool. Yeah. It's just so funny. Yeah, I've seen, I watched a lot of interviews on, like, Fox News with him today, and there was a G4 interview that was really good of him and um, the people who were fighting against him just kind of screaming at each other, and yeah, he's a, he's a good, uh, shitty asshole talking head to watch, so, and, and, and he really has been, I mean, fans 
fans have made like fan made games like shitting on him and like you know cons. I mean, he's just been the source of hatred and ridicule for the gamers. And the thing about gamers is like they don't give a fuck. They will take your ass down. You know. Yeah. Um. And and they will be gross about it. And they will be shitty about it. You know. Let's not celebrate that aspect. <laughs> I'm not celebrating it. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, you know? Um, so, any hoosies, uh, that's, the, that's the end of the Jack Thompson saga. But let's get into, um, well, essentially the moment that GTA went from being kind of making fun, silly parodies of, of gangster films past to... Uh, War crimes. Yeah. <laughs> Serious-ass Hollywood film uh, original storytelling. And uh, we got that when we first saw the trailer. Marcus, if you want to pop us in uh, with a little bit of that trailer so we can get into the mood here for GTA 4. Life is complicated. I killed people, smuggled people, sold people. Perhaps here... Things will be different. My cousin! <laughs> bowling! Let's go bowling! There you go. And that was, that was, okay, so if you can put yourself in the place in history, I mean, so far we've gotten these really over-the-top, funny, silly kind of um, odes, nods to different gangster films. Well, this the, was the first time where it was like, what? This is like... I don't remember that episode of Miami Vice. Yeah. <laughs> Dark, gritty, serious, and completely original. It was just it was just unlike, you know, any, like, sort of... Set in the present day. This yeah. isn't This isn't a... Mon- this isn't a pastiche. This isn't a montage. And a return to Liberty City, but this time they were actually trying to make it look like New York um, mm-hmm. as much as humanly possible, and one might say that New York was the uh, best character in the game. I mean, they they really just spent so much time trying to emulate uh, emulate New York in the time. Um, and by the way, this was released in 2008, which is uh, the jump from PS2 to PS3 or Xbox to Xbox 360 is uh, almost more monumental than from like Super Nintendo to PlayStation uh, because the the level of of capability was such a jump. I feel like a lot of the 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 premise the promise of the early GTA games was like, wow, imagine what games could be. This is amazing. Right. This is like a hit, a glimpse of the future. Whereas the late the HD era of GTA uh, is the future. Yes. Uh, I mean, just the fact that uh, you're running from 32 megabytes of system memory to 512 megabytes is an insane amount of animations and textures and and geometry they had like, and physics and I th- simulation I think I read and some, AI. I think I read somewhere they had like 30 different types of lampposts alone. <laughs> I mean, they had, it was insane. They had just the amount of detail that was put into every inch of the city, and you could really have that now, whereas you had these blocky buildings and these kind of just general sort of cityscape. Now you had buildings you could go into. You had a, a much more of a living, realistic world. Um, it was also the first time that GTA used the Rage engine. And the, uh, no, it was the second time. Oh, it was the second time? The first time the Rage engine was used on Rockstar Ping Pong. Oh, right. I forgot. <laughs> Table Tennis. Yeah. Table Which tennis. is actually a pretty sweet game. I <laughs> heard it was a really good game. That's, so, yeah. Strangely enough, Rockstar Table Tennis kind of kicks ass. Yeah, I really want to play it, actually. And it, it, that didn't do so hot, but um, uh, apparently it was like, I always heard it was a lot of fun, yeah. but it was that game like, 
nobody bought. They just like heard someone say like, God, pray God. It's like, well, if Roy likes it. <laughs> the Rage Engine, of course, starts uh, stands for a Rockstar Advanced Game Engine, which uh, handles a lot of the uh, physics and rendering and uh, and. Kind of, uh, I've heard it described that the uh, Rage Engine is so complete and versatile that itself is a game that you can then adjust and form into any game you want. Mm. And so uh, it's been used on everything from uh, Red Dead Redemption to all the uh, Grand Theft Auto series, Max Payne 3, and a uh, highly amped up version of it was used for GTA 5. Uh, in addition to that, they used the uh, Euphoria uh, game engine which is what handled the animations and the uh, AI and physics, which kind of combined like pre-canned animations, motion capture and physics so that when you shot someone, they like recoiled and like fell down and like protected their fall. And like it, it gave this very fake world an incredible amount of realism uh, and, and natural flow. It's Honestly, games that use the Euphoria engine stand out because of how much more naturalistic the in-game characters behave. Now, story-wise, there was a lot about how it kind of got too nice in America in a way, criminal-wise. Like, the gangsters almost got a little too comfortable. There was no edge anymore. Gangster films had kind of died off. They they didn't really, literally, they just had no other genre of gangster film to parody, or subgenre, rather. So they just made it an uh, immigrant and created their own original story. Dan Hauser said in an interview on IGN uh, about the the story, the idea that it's actually really difficult to be, it's about the idea uh, that it's actually really difficult to be a criminal today. It's easy to be a guy swindling people on the internet, but to be a drug dealer or mob boss or one of these other archetype criminals, there's so much surveillance, so many ways of capturing you, and so many people rat you out that it, it was really hard. It's like the end of an era. We wanted to capture that idea in the game and these kinds of characters who are kind of worn out and broken and that this is their last shot using this eastern european guy to try to help them out of this last big hole they've dug for themselves which sounds a lot like where rockstar was absolutely at at that point after all the lawsuits and all the bullshit that went down with hot coffee and santa and the end of san andreas i mean the hauser brothers saw america as this lawless free place that's what drew them to that whole death jam 90s New York era that made them so strongly want to make it here that uh and then seeing four <laughs> and then coming face to face with Joe Lieberman and Hillary Clinton because as we know at every house party there's got to be some hour that the squares show up and make us all play kiss the cat <laughs> what? <laughs> what 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 kiss the kiss, kiss the, cat? the cat when the squares which with the lame people would show up and take the drink out of your hand and make you kiss the cat when you say make what do you mean well, make it was you? like how many times can you kiss this cat before you fall in love with it and I it was like 17 for me for Charles it was real bad it was like 145 that's when people started leaving because we're kissing cats and we're not getting drunk and fucking anymore you know that's not a game Holden that's not a game someone just forced you to kiss an animal <laughs> wait are you not telling me that people in square box clothes they were literally wearing Car- cardboard, cardboard boxes. boxes they were naked under the they would come in and hold up a cat like a homeless cat and make you kiss it until you fall, fall in love with it <laughs> I'm saying that is not a common experience. Okay. Man, go to school in Tallahassee, Florida once. <laughs> oh, this was in Florida. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, whatever. It's in Florida. It doesn't count. Yeah. Uh, so. He went to college in our nation's capital. Yeah. 
That's where I learned how to break humans for profit. <laughs> uh, so, anywho, um, I think full disclosure here. Let's talk about our own because uh, it was funny at the end of the last episode. We kind of talked off off uh, mm. microphone about how well, really, Marcus and Jake, you guys didn't really enjoy the game so much. Uh, it was I never I never owned it. I would just play it over at friends' houses or like you know kind of dick around with it when my roommate bought a new gaming PC or something. And uh, yeah, like uh, for one of the big things is how the the physics engine in it was so like realistic that it made driving less fun. Mm. Uh, another thing was uh, they improved the combat. Shooting stuff was like really good. They used like a nice, as was the style at the time, kind of over the shoulder cover system third person thing, uh, which was an improvement because previously like gunfights in GTA are kind of shitty. Mm. Um, but like. What do you know about like what do you remember about Nico Bellic? That's the thing. And 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 Mar- Marcus, I just kind of got I never it never grabbed me. There was right. that mo- like I would play it for like I played it for hours, but there was like just that never that moment where I'm like, "Okay, I'm into this." Like with all the rest of the GTA games, there is that moment where it grabs you and I mean shit, GTA 5, it is the first moment of the game mm-hmm. that absolutely grabs you. But with GTA 4, there just wasn't ever that moment that made me want to play it more. And I remember I bought it and tried playing it twice. Oh, wow. Uh, it was one of my first games on PS3 where I bought it. I'm like, oh, yeah, fuck yeah, New York City, it's going to be great. I've been waiting to play, like, a GTA game in New York City for forever. And then I'd play it and just like, man, this is... It's kind of boring. Yeah, uh, they just this just this is, and I think it is like kind of it, it tells you something that the only thing that anyone remembers about GTA Four is my cousin, my cousin. Let's go bowling, which Let's is a thing. Let's go bowling. There's something that happens. I've been thinking about this forever. There's something that happens in uh, gaming in the gaming community when there is a large scale like open world game that like everyone played but nobody like thoroughly enjoyed then mm. so like these weird like annoying things become these memes because they're like these stark reminders like oh shit that happened that time in my life was real <laughs> <laughs> like uh skyrim's like oh arrow to the knee like that's mm-hmm. that's another one uh it's like another colony needs your help in fallout 4 it's because you just sunk all these hours that like <laughs> left barely an impression on you but then with that one meme you're like oh fuck that was real and millions of other people also <laughs> did that i I was the only defender when we had this conversation. I was like, I remember enjoying it, but then I thought about it and I thought about it. And I was like, I don't remember a fucking thing about that game. Yeah. I re- except for that, except for my cousin, right? Uh, and and I do remember that you had to make a big choice at the end. That was a big part of the game was mm-hmm. making choices and missions. And I remember that was kind of interesting. But all in all, and I was a person who kind of walked away happy with the experience. It definitely wasn't super memorable. And I think the point I'm making is this: uh, is that this was a very important game for Rockstar's history. This was the game that marked them making a serious attempt at at narr- narration, at uh, style and storytelling. They were no longer like parodying. They, it, you know, uh, for better or for worse, depending on who you are, they kind of dropped the over the top kind of cartoony sense of humor about going around the city, you know, fucking shit up and being a gangster, and kind of got more serious about it. But it was also like their attempt at real life is like real life, you know, real life's boring, 
right? Or like, if you're that violent, chances are you've had a fucked up past and aren't really happy. Yeah, it's like kind of upsetting. <laughs> like Nico Bellic, who yeah. suffered through the yeah. horrifying wars in Yugoslavia. And I do think that, and you have to remember, with every one of these games, unbelievably enough, I mean, production starts the moment the last game ends. And so wherever they're at during the process of mm-hmm. what happened after the last game ends is what that game is going to kind of show. It's this dark, muddy, gritty, upset game. You this know? was the uh, brown era of HD gaming. We oh, all were yeah. like uh, Gears oh. of War and God of War. Everything was Everything just was just like a little life. bit murkier to be like a little bit more real because we everything, had that fidelity. Everything was Spawn. Mm-hmm. Everything was Spawn. It was like games were like just hitting that gritty era that comic books had hit like a decade before. Brown is a perfect way of putting it. Yeah. Every game was brown. 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 Even the great and you mentioned like Gears of War was like an unbelievable step forward in game you know, mm-hmm. it was this amazing thing, and it was just so dark. And I remember when I first sat down with it, as much as I enjoyed the experience, I was like, why does everything have to look like this? Um, Fallout 3 was another game around yeah. that time. That's mm-hmm. that same dark brown color. Well, Fallout 4 was more green than anything, but still. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of that is due to the fact that, you know, and they – they had to let go of like maybe colorization to add more depth to the landscape and things like that or or they couldn't make things you know in order to because i'd kind of read about that with like skyrim and um definitely with the original like earlier fallouts like three like they had to sacrifice some kind of depth of color in order to just like be able to kind of create these things that, uh, like, you know, it was, like, in other words, it was super foggy. The draw distance. Because they couldn't draw super de- uh, far away draw distance, so they needed stuff like that. I think that GTA 4 has a set in a claustrophobic city like New York, a lot of a lot of reasons because they, they could make things up close look amazing, but far away it was harder. But uh, it did have a fun online component. The modding community, despite Rockstar's best efforts, was very vibrant for that game. Uh, there's like a, there was like an entire subgenre of just like watching SpongeBob kill people on YouTube for a while there. Um, Rockstar did kind of cut off its uh, its ties with the modding community because they were just so burned by hot coffee. Yeah. Um, Man, I mean, and we're talking about a game that uh, broke the Guinness Book of World Records for highest-selling piece of entertainment with uh, $310 million on its first day, $500 million in its first week. It exploded. It was huge. Everybody had it. It was insane. I mean, if we think we just said San Andreas, which was the highest-selling game on mm-hmm. PS2, and what was it, $27 million? Mm-hmm. That's fucking nuts. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, it was quite a successful game, but really, to me, looking back on it now, it was such an important game, but games like, uh, really, it took that game to establish this new path in Rockstar, and then it really took Red Dead Redemption, which this is a GT episode, but Red Dead mm. Redemption is the game that took that serious, cinematic, amazing, original storytelling style, like, angle they were going for, and made it awesome. <laughs> yeah. And, like, told a really good story. And we'll had- do a We'll do a Red Dead Redemption episode when the sequel comes yeah, out. Yeah, later this. Oh my! God. Eat it up, you fuckers! You just saw a glimpse behind the curtain. Oh, We're gonna God. get a Red Dead Redemption episode. <laughs> I, I hate can't. Troy Baker's accent. In what? <laughs> it's such. It's just. It's so static. It's a, well, I gotta go and hit myself some more courses. <laughs> Um, you yellow belly son of bitches. 
I love you, wife. <laughs> so GTA 4 comes out in 2008, and then I think rightfully so, they took a long break from the GTA series, and they did that by going and working on uh, Red Dead Redemption, which was... We know, are blowing past Ballad of Gay Tony and Lost yes. in the Dam, but that's because I never touched either of them and know nothing about them. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I also skipped the uh, GTA Advance on the Game Boy Advance. <laughs> that was 2004. Chinatown Wars, more like Chinatown Boars. <laughs> <laughs> Liberty City Stories on the PSP. Oh. Vice City Stories came out a year later on the PSP in 2006. If you owned a PSP, let me say you're awesome. I love you. Your parents are rich, and I stole that from you in summer camp. Oh, shit. <laughs> Snooze you lose. Uh, so it took, what, uh, 2008 to 2013 before we saw another game. And, man, when we saw a glimpse of it, everybody shit their pants. Marcus, yeah. give it a hit. I got so excited. You know, I've been in this game for a lot of years, and I got out alive. If you want my advice, give the shit up. So good. <laughs> Literally, the music is bouncier. Guns and crank in this area. Go through Trevor Phillips Enterprise, or they ain't going. I'll swing by and sign the contracts, all right? Just ignore the bodies. That's the song, the fucking vibe. Roberto Beach House is. That house right there, with the yellow stairs. You ain't changing. I'm getting my money in the hood. I'm cool. Cool what? Slinging dope and throwing up gang signs? Your son, James. He's a good kid. Oh, my God! Hey, let's bounce. <laughs> it's bounce. so weird hearing that voice. We're bouncing. Let's get ready to show. Trevor, my best friend. That's Franklin, the son I always wanted. Yeah, whatever. Jesus, your therapist has a lot to answer for. So good. People watched those trailers so many times. <laughs> I don't know. I don't actually. I should have gone back and like looked at what was going on, like historically, politically, in the news, because people were fucking ready for this. Oh, game. you know what was happening, dude? That giant crash <laughs> had happened. It was what it was. The recession. The recession happened, and this was sort of like. Fuck all this shit. We're going to just get money by robbing <laughs> banks. The whole theme of the game, as stated by the Housers, is this is going after the almighty dollar. That's mm. what this is about. The this all ID aller. Little callback to the Simpsons episode. <laughs> um, and I did one earlier. The children. That was um, uh, Flanders, Lady Flanders, right? Did yeah. she to- no, no, I thought that was the well, Reverend Lovejoy's well, wife. somebody please think about the children? <laughs> well, this is spring 2013, so this is right after an election. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that too? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but people were, like, hot on that um, that whole reception. Uh, reception? Why do I keep saying reception? Recession thing. Because was- you're not used to talking about politics. 
Yes, I hate, I hate politics. Sometimes money goes bye-bye and I get sad. I can't, I can't believe I was on an episode of Abe Lincoln's Top Hat. I, I must have said nothing. It's like, yeah, 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 I disagree. Voting yeah. is cool. I voted. <laughs> so GTA is this celebration. It's also like, okay, we did GTA 4, Super Gritty Dark. We did Red Dead Redemption, a Western. Of course, it's going to be kind of gritty, dark, super self-serious. This is like a celebration of everything GTA has been up to this point. This is like, fuck you, pay me. This is like big fucking L.A., like a motherfucker. It's sun. It's, it's uh, you know, bikinis. It's it's golf. It's, you know. Uh, they also, uh, this was incredibly expensive to develop. They had a huge team of people working on it, uh, you know, teams of QA going across several continents, and they kind of learned their lessons from uh, earlier earlier kind of shakeups and and so like from day it wasn't like a crunch to the end it wasn't like all cocaine there were cocaine and strippers but not as much <laughs> cocaine and strippers and so like this was a product of the best and the brightest in game development working their asses off to kind of get the most out of this new again a new bump up in technology a new bump up in capabilities and uh not only that, they kind of solved a lot of problems that made previous GTA games kind of frustrating, like yeah. using the three protagonist system. And uh, open world games in general, frustrating. This is the first GTA game, just, just off the bat, this is the first GTA game where, like, after the initial sequence, you can just go anywhere. There's no weird bridges that are closed. There's no tutorials, like, or there is if you want there to be. It's also the first game where you had three different protagonists to choose from. Okay, so let's say you end a mission, you're in the middle of nowhere. Instead of having to, like, drive your ass all the way back to... Uh, or kill yourself. Or kill yourself <laughs> or do whatever you needed to do to, like, get back. You could just say, fuck it, let's see what Franklin's doing, you know? And they would do that amazing, like, sky view thing. Poof, poof, poof. And I cannot believe there was no load time for that. Absolutely. Nothing. No load time at all. And you you could just find the characters doing whatever. Like, Trevor will be doing something very Trevor. Franklin will be doing something very Franklin. Now, that's... Like, a- you go to Trevor, and he's dangling a guy off a bridge. <laughs> yeah. And then just drops him, and then washes his hands. You're like, all right, I'm Trevor now. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? That's, and- that's the brilliant part about the... I mean, we. it's like the most common observation in the world, but like... Uh, Michael is like how early GTA gangster like respect is everything ethos like kind of playing the hypocrite sto- though yeah. hypocrite lives by the rules but he's like a j- trying to be a good guy but he's a jerk criminal uh, but like but story mission he is the story mission and yeah. like Franklin is like the you know virtual life kind of San Andreas. Franklin's like our all all of our basic instincts when we get into a game like that for the most part. Fuck shit up, mm-hmm. blow it up, who gives a shit? I'm a crazy person. And and it allows you to be able to do that and not feel distance from the character as opposed to, you know, doing that as uh uh any any of the past uh protagonists, really. And Trevor is just like how everyone actually plays Grand Theft Auto. That's saying, yeah, 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 that's what I was saying. Yeah, oh, and Franklin is like is essentially CJ yeah. in so many ways, but he kind of represents that. And also that up and coming crook. But he's you know? like when you go into a GTA game, you're like, all right, yeah, <laughs> like all right, like you just kind of roll with it, yeah. You know, like you're just kind of rolling with whatever comes. But yeah, of course, Trevor's everyone's favorite. Yeah, everyone's favorite. Is I mean, Trevor. the performances were amazing. The yeah. the actors they got were incredible. They did full motion capture while they were um, while they were recording their dialogue. Uh, 
So, like, you know, it, and the, the way the community uh, embraced, especially Trevor's actor, Steve Ogg, I've never had to say his name out yeah. loud, uh, was, you know, because they were these characters. Um, the uh, the actor that played Michael, uh, whose name I can't bring up because my thing's off, but he talks about in interviews how literally he was trying to get out of the acting game and, like, was scared to, like, get back into it when he got the part for GTA. Mm. They they were uh, they were each also uh, uh, written for d- different uh, embodiments. Michael was greed. Franklin was ambition. Trevor, insanity, which I think also goes a long way to, the like— The three aspects of personality that we're all familiar with. Yeah, that we <laughs> all— Greed, ambition, and insanity. Embody in GTA games as well, right? Mm-hmm. That we sort of all kind of go after. All right, what about love and fear? <laughs> You mentioned it was worked on it by a giant team. It's over a thousand fucking people. Uh-oh. Yeah, they studied census data to, to to reflect the demographics of the area. I mean, they you know they definitely did all their old stuff. Uh, go to gun ranges and shoot off guns. A bunch. Of, I would love to see the the rock star programmers all hu- huddled up in a gun range trying to fire off guns for the first time ever. That would have been amazing. And uh, one of the, I mean, besides the fact that uh, it felt great to play. It you know it was seamless. Uh, we talked about just how well optimized it was, but like, um, I've watched so many videos of just like people finding like holy shit details in the game. Where like, who would have even bothered to take the time to program this? Like, yeah. if you go into a swimming pool, your clothes are wet, and you like leave wet footprints for like a couple of meters after you leave. Uh, someone noticed that the f- if you're wearing flip flops, they actually have physics and flip flop on your feet, which is like such. Like a crazy thing to include if you're walking on grass, like the grass moves out under under you. Uh, if uh, famously, if you're if you're driving on the uh, highway and you run across a rumble strip, your uh, controller will like go. Like it's all it's unreal. And they, of course, a couple years later, a year later or so, released an updated version for Xbox One and PS4. And you and and they went through the trouble of allowing you to play that game in first person mode in that version, mm-hmm. which is unbelievable. I know Marcus, you and I both have yeah, that. I played it Sunday. It's so good. I, I beat it like a couple weeks, like a month ago. I yeah. think it's unbelievably good. Yeah, and it's amazing. Fun fact about the first person mode: uh, several people have created VR mods to the uh. game and uh people have universally called them incredibly disturbing <laughs> because of the euphoria ai physics engine where like previously in video games especially vr games you kind of just like go bang bang and they're like ah you got me but like uh in gta they kind of like cower and fall over and beg for their life <laughs> and it's just not fun to kill people in first person by holding your hand up and shooting them also uh, very famously if you're familiar with some of the other shows we do here um, Ed Larson is in a mission mm-hmm. if you go to the trailer park in the Trevor mission uh, the biker trailer park where he has to uh, stealth around and blow up the different trailers uh, if you kind of walk towards the middle and you hear a guy banging on a girl's trailer and yelling for her to come out that's Ed Larson mm-hmm. There's a there was a ton of New York comedians that ended up in there Danny uh, Tamborelli who uh is the has a big part in the, in yeah. the game he plays the son he of plays, Michael he's Jimmy and yeah. he's gonna be on Roundtable this week yeah oh, <laughs> yeah awesome. he's, actually the funny thing is he's like right outside right now I know right we should probably like <laughs> bring what? him in to talk we're right idiots <laughs> we're idiots I don't know how that <laughs> Marcus go get him go get him so we can scream questions <laughs> really <laughs> do we even communicate <laughs> he's outside 
Yeah, he's out. Well, you can actually That's hear him. That's a major part in the game. You can hear him talk about uh, the making of the game and um, also about uh, the episode of Magic School Bus where a fish swims by and sperms all over him and the other kids in my uh, an episode of my Twitch uh, where he came over and we the played GTA 5 they're listening for the to this now. No, no, you got to go to my Twitch. You got to follow Daniel. me on Twitch. If you're not following me on Twitch, Daniel, you should probably follow me on Twitch. Holdenator's <laughs> Ho on Twitch. Daniel. There you go. And then that's all you need. The television person, who is television personality Karen Gravano? I have no idea. Well, actress Lindsay Lohan as well, both tried to file lawsuits. Oh, like, she's like a housewife of who gives a shit. Her likeness is, yeah, yeah. It's one of those, like one of those dumb things. I, so. did, I was like hoping we didn't talk about the Lindsay Lohan <laughs> lawsuit because it's such bullshit. It's so stupid. Well, it, 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 you know, just to laugh at it. They're idiots. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and it has an online community that's still thriving. I've, I've mm. dipped my, my, my little teensies into it, but it's I haven't really messed with it a cottage industry of people uh, doing contests and doing stunts online. Um, the GTA stunt compilation videos are like their own industry. Uh, there's all this intrigue because the uh, currency uh, within the game, people have like tried to have successfully like run real world heists and scams to get people's rock star money. Um there's uh, there were all these uh, articles about how there's like biker gangs that just fully role play like territory wars on the servers. It's incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 like that. It finally came real, like that real world that you and your friends and and your enemies can all sort of battle in and and race together and have fun together. It's like so huge. I'm intimidated by it, and I. It's very overwhelming. Yeah, I, I did dip my toe into it as well. It's like, man, this is too much. It's it's huge, and and yeah, I, I plan on returning to it. I think I'm actually going to. Speaking of the Twitch stream, I think I'm going to actually try to do that quite a bit there because that'd be a good excuse to do it. Uh, play more GTA Online, but. But it is unbelievable. I'm so curious as to where the series is going to go next. Of course, they're doing Red Dead 2, um, mm-hmm. so we're not going to get a new game. And I think that's a good thing for quite a little while. And I wonder if um, where they'll go, you know, maybe back to Miami. I think I really I've been thinking about it. I really do think they're going to do uh, a London one. You think London? It's about time. I, I think that I think they're finally going to do London. Yeah, that would be pretty awesome. Um, Tokyo would be cool, or Hong Kong would yeah. be cool. Um, uh, you know, maybe a medieval, mm. medieval, a witch tale, GTA <laughs> witch story. You know, I always thought, and then they kind of came out with. Um, you know, a, a Godfather series, but I always thought that would have been cool. Like, go back in time, yeah. do something. You know, back in the back in like the fifties, sixties, or even I think they should timey te- gangsters. They should team up and do Saints Row versus Grand Theft Auto. That'd be so, cool. like, one side is all like superpowers and dildos, <laughs> and the other side is all like cool cars and, and like dildos. plots I give a shit about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, the writing in GTA Five is like way stronger. It's I there's definitely like this. Building up to individual heists was a brilliant framing device. Putting a juggalo in there, that was a great yeah. move. Oh, I loved the, uh, <laughs> the aliens. The, the aliens, the hidden code that people are still trying to decipher, mm-hmm. that, that hieroglyph that mm-hmm. people are still trying to find the secret of is so great and mm-hmm. so smart. And it's super funny. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally funny. It's it, And that's the thing. It's like it's got that like fun energy to it while also being fucked up and strange and weird and um yeah i think the next one they should probably do new york but with dragons that's <laughs> what i'm thinking so just giant dragons dragons with guns dragons with hats no they should, they should just do like detroit 
But there's just nothing to do. <laughs> Detroit, but you're one of those dog gangs, and you're just roaming around as a dog, like fucking shit up. And dog theft auto. Town. Yeah, dog fe- theft auto, exactly. So Lord knows where the series will take us, but I think that about wraps up our two-parter on the GTA series. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, or if you didn't, either way, please rate and review the game with fi- uh, the show with five stars. Um, get that. We need the reviews way more than the game does. Yeah, even if you hated it, rate us five stars and then complain about it. You know what I'm saying? That'd be a cool dude move, dude. Um, yeah, <laughs> on bro, iTunes. man. Bro, man, bro. <laughs> on iTunes, uh, of course, is what I'm talking about. Um, I've seen some really nice stuff being written about us on Twitter and, like, you know, we're not... I'm I'm not too proud to say that like I'll check once in a while. Yeah, I and always. It's, it's it, it honestly lifts my spirit to see people that list, are listening to this and enjoying what we're doing. And uh, if you have been um, involved in some sort of cat kissing incident, <laughs> please tell local authorities you have been attacked. Please. And, and I met some super nice people in Salt Lake City that were big fans of this show. So I just want to say hey, hello. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. They made, made sure to uh, want me to let you know. Oh, that they were fantastic. Big fans. Oh man, it's so great to. Hear Hear stuff like that. So thank you so much. Keep that keep that train a rolling for us. Um, we we are we come from low self esteems. We come from from very hard. The Mark Jaton, If you are out there, you will no longer bully me, sir. <laughs> you will no longer make me go to the back of the lunch line. Real dude. I'm strong now. <laughs> uh, so uh, Holdenator's Ho on Twitch. Check it out. Um, uh, yeah, that's that. Oh, uh, follow me at Best Jake Young and uh, f- uh, check out the Drawfee channel on YouTube where uh, we recently raised $6,000 for the ACLU Beautiful. in a six hour uh, stream. And you can check out all of it if you just hate time. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great one, everybody. Take care. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. 